Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Why Did I Like It? Now, today I'm tackling a subject that I've mentioned a few times on this podcast. We were on hiatus for a while, but now we're back. Today, I want to wonder or ponder or posit the question, why did I like karate? Now, for those of you who don't know what karate is, first of all, I'm very confused because the Internet exists. So there's no reason for you not know anything. But it's a martial art that is based around um, that's really, <laughs> I think, strikes and very sharp movements, I believe, I believe. But anyway, for some reason in the 90s, this martial art was just like the most dominant, I want to say like thing. I can't even say it most dominant martial art because there was not really much else that we knew about. And I just wanted today to talk about the examples showcasing just how wide ranging this was. I mean, the love of karate was. Um, now, I have a theory before I even get down to some of my examples. Now, my parents, my father, actually, in particular, is a huge fan of old school karate films. Like, I mean, One-Armed Swordsman, um, The Five Deadly Venoms, Return of the Five Deadly Venoms. And actually, in Asian cinema, the actors in The Five Deadly Venoms were equivalent to, like, you know, the Rat Pack in America or Seth Rogen and his friends or even the kids from High School Musical and where they did a bunch of movies together and they produced a lot, bunch of movies together. So they had a stranglehold on the karate film genre or martial arts film genre in their homeland. And when those were imported, you would see a lot of the same actors. But of course, as Americans at the time, you know, we didn't really know the backstory to it. So those movies became cult classics. And of course, you had Bruce Lee, who is like the American idea, <laughs> idea of what a Kung Fu artist or a karate or a martial artist is. And um, his movies, of course, um, uh, I can't think of any of them right now. Enter the Dragon and stuff like that were, were were very prominent. So that was around the time that you know my father was younger. And so he had a love of karate movies. And I think because of that, those the directors and the creators in the 90s, they came from that same era where karate was like the dominant action form. Yeah, of course, you had your guns and your Westerns and you had all that stuff. But karate was just so different because Westerns eventually died out because there would always be the same story over and over again. There's either a lone gunman who rides into town and saves that town, or there's a standoff between two rival gangs, or there's a train robbery. There's only like uh, so much you can do. But with the martial arts genre, there was a wider array of storytelling. I mean, for example, Star Wars itself is based off of a martial arts film. I can't think of the name right now, but it is. So by the time the 90s came around, anything with karate and it's, I mean, in particular, would typically blow up. I Just for an example, in 93, Power Rangers came out. And yes, it was imported from Asia. So, of course, they were using martial arts to fight. But we as kids were just like, wow, this is amazing. They're kicking and punching and making stances in between and doing all this kind of crazy flipping and everything like that. We didn't know that it might not have always been karate. But because the dominant martial art was karate in the 90s, everything whether it was, you know, jujitsu or hapkido or, you know, uh, I can't think of anything else. Krav Maga even. We were like, nope, that's karate. <laughs> that's karate. Kung Fu, nope, that's karate. It's all karate. It's just karate, karate, karate. I think there's actually a superhero called Karate Man. And I, I don't know whether or not that's true, but I feel like it is. Also, around the 90s, you had one of my favorite movies, Three Ninjas, which centered around three kids who were trained by their grandfather. Their grandfather inexplicably was Asian and the three kids were uh, American, uh, Caucasian to be exact. And there, there was something with the mafia because it was a 90s kids movie. So of course the mafia was involved. And they basically were <laughs> like fighting off like a ninja clan that the mafia owned. I don't know. The movie is awesome though. And that's not even hyperbole. 
it came on a while ago and I was watching it like, you know what? Three Ninjas holds up. I don't want even I won't even do an episode about that because I already know the answer. Yes. I love Three Ninjas back then and I love it now. In the 90s, of course, they also introduced WMAC Masters, which was one of my favorite shows. It was only on for one season. And it was basically like a karate tournament that was designed like wrestling. So they choreographed who would win. They would choreograph the fights and they all had outlandish gimmicks. My favorite was Yin Yang Man. Then there was different characters and things like that. And it was hosted in the first season because there'd be a lady who'd come in and be like, today's tournament is Yin Yang Man versus the machine. And then the machine, I think, was a black guy, which is also why I like the machine. And then they would they would have these mock karate fights and they'd have them in this pit and people would be like, yeah, yeah, on the outside. It was basically a live action Mortal Kombat, which which also came out in, in uh, no, it was 92. Uh, Masters was 95. Mortal Kombat was 92. But the Mortal Kombat movie was 95. Actually, the martial artist who played the machine is in the Mortal Kombat movie. He's one of the first people killed, of course. Um, he's the black dude with dreads that fights Sonya Blade. Mortal Kombat, by the way, also massive in the 90s because the first game came out in, in 92. Looks like I'm based on my information. My favorite video game of all time is Mortal Kombat 2. But Mortal Kombat came out and the fatalities and the blood and the, the combat system, it was crazy. So this was karate mixed with violence. And that... This, if anybody asks me to describe the 90s, I'm not going to say Pearl Jam. I'm not going to say, you know, flannel shirts. I'm not going to say pop music. I'm going to say <laughs> karate and violence. As a matter of fact, I want a shirt that says karate and violence. So anybody from the 90s is like, oh, so you are a 90s kid. I recognize you. And then we have to fight, obviously, because it's karate and violence, <laughs> which I know karate is violent. No, not always. Not always. But yeah, Mortal Kombat was my favorite game. And you're seeing based on these examples, these were things, these weren't just fly-by-night things in the 90s. These were things that were not WMAC Masters, but Three Ninjas was a massive hit. Power Rangers was a ridiculous hit. Mortal Kombat was such a big hit that it made video game companies have parents come and say, oh no, this, this is too much blood. <laughs> Why did I just make a bad voice? <laughs> this is too much blood. We need you to tell us whether or not our kids can be using something with this much blood. So video game companies were like, why can't you guys just be good parents? And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't you make us try to take care of and raise our children. This is the 90s. No one's paying attention to their kids. So no, nay, lack and delay, you shall change this. You know, side note, this is, this is rant time. The rating system in general for video games stemmed from the fact that parents did not know or care to to actually play or interact with the video games that most of these complaints came from the fact that the parents that parents were walking by a room or an arcade cabinet or something without engaging in the gameplay and seeing blood and thinking to themselves oh my goodness my child cannot handle this instead of explaining things or you know not letting them play it or actually putting their foot down they went to the people who created the game who were making it for a certain level, for a certain type of person. And we're like, no, you have to tell us whether or not it's okay if we buy this for our kids. Not even doing the research. What I do now is I make sure as a, as a parent that I watch over what my son is intaking. The fact that in the 90s, whenever there was anything that happened, whether it was this video game nonsense or Al Snow, the wrestler, being sold with a mannequin's head and people saying, oh my goodness, that's going to teach my son to decapitate women. It should come down to parents parenting, period, point blank. No ifs, ands, or buts. Rant over. Also around this time, on a brighter note, there was... <laughs> I used to also read Choose Your Own Adventures books. Now, those would go back... Those have gone back for a while. They were books where you would literally read them 
And based on what page, like, okay, for example, if you're reading the first three pages, you know, Johnny went on an adventure and he went here and he went there. Turn to page 16 if you want to climb up this mountain. Turn to page 10 if you want to, you know, go back home and go to sleep. You turn to page 16, you go up the mountain. Johnny then realizes and then you turn to, you have the same options and so on and so forth. So they had different variations, like choose your own adventure. Karate Master was my favorite. And this came out in 1990. The, the best thing about this book was that if you, and of course, you kept your finger on the page. So when you made that choice, if it was a wrong choice, you just went back. like Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't really mean that. But the best part was I made a choice once to do, do the mountain thing that I just referred to. And I climbed up the mountain and then I was, <laughs> I was stabbed and killed. Sorry. Sorry, Brian. I know I'm popping out the microphone, but I was stabbed and killed. And in the book, it was saying to me. And as they say, they stabbed me and then they threw me over the side of the mountain and then I fell into the river and I drowned. And in the book, I'm not even kidding you. I still have the book somewhere in my house. It said, and as water filled his lungs, it faded to black. I was like, wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> they should have called it choose your own death. Also around this time, which is 95. I, would, I feel like 95 was like the karate year because you had... Mortal Kombat, you had WMAC Masters, and you had um, Steve Urkel in this episode where he became Bruce Lee. Now, I've touched on this before, where Bruce Lee, where, where Steve Urkel used to use a machine to change into a cooler version of himself called Stefan. Also, like I said before, all the mechanics and the, the wiring for the machine was on the outside. So if you wanted to stop him from turning into Stefan, you just had to rip all the wires out. But Steve Urkel then changed the machine slightly and added Bruce Lee DNA somehow. How he got Bruce Lee's DNA, I think should be investigated by the police because I'm pretty sure Urkel might've been a grave robber. Oh, also, if you're watching on YouTube, over my left shoulder, you guys can't see, or over this shoulder, is the screen for WMAC Masters. And on this other shoulder, I'm pointing over my shoulder to something on the screen behind me, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, is Karate Fighters, which was a toy thing that came out in 95. But anyway, Steve Urkel dug up I guess, Bruce Lee's body and took his DNA and then put it in a machine and used it to fight off bullies on a playground that were picking on one of the other characters. The whole sequence is wildly offensive. Also, wait a minute. Is this whole thing cult? No, nope. Like most Americans, I'm not going to wonder if it's cultural appropriation because this is suiting me. So I'm just going to gloss over it and just keep going. But this was wildly offensive because Steve spoke with a, an accent that was unbecoming of uh, modern culture. If this, let's just say that if this accent was done nowadays, he would have been canceled. But then again, cancel culture starting to fade away. So I don't think anybody would have cared. The episode did have him using karate to fight off these bullies. One of which was played, as I said before, by Tommy, the late, great Jason David Frank, rest in peace. Also in the nineties, we had one of the best movies that I should not have been watching at the time. Rush Hour came out with Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan was a martial artist who knew a variety of, who does know a variety of martial arts um, styles Everything from Drunken Master, which is a style where you pretend to be drunk and you fight. Kung Fu, of course. I think he also knows jujitsu, but like he was known for his karate because he was so fast and he did his own stunts. So Jackie Chan would have his own movies that were kind of sometimes dubbed, sometimes not, because he was obviously not from America. Uh, my favorite being Rumble in the Bronx, where his uncle owned a deli and some thugs tried to destroy it. So then he had to basically fight them and they were rumbling and it took place in the Bronx. So I don't. I don't know if you guys put that together, but the movie is awesome. So Jackie Chan's first real mainstream success, though, because those movies, Rumble in the Bronx was a big hit. He also had a movie called Drunken Master, which was big, but Rush Hour was a different level. Rush Hour was him teamed up with this motor-mouthed comedian named Chris Tucker, who was one of the funniest comedians ever. And their whole dynamic, I mean, now it's a little bit like, 
it was it was silly. It was they were making fun of each other's cultures, but it was in a, in a good. way. It was more of like them trying to get used to each other. It was kind of a fish out of water situation. They had two other sequels, but the first one was huge because it was karate mixed with comedy. Ah. And violence, karate and violence. I'm about to just name this episode Karate and Violence. You know, that's it. That's it. I'm doing karate and violence. But anyway, and you know what's funny is in these movies, Jackie Chan would murk people, but like, not really. He would like knock them out. Like, I, I almost did like sound effects. He would knock them out and the person would be out, but he wouldn't like kill them. So I feel like karate was like a safe way to be violent. I, now that I'm thinking about it, because everything that I'm naming was geared towards kids, except for Rush Hour, that they cursed a lot in that movie. But I feel like all like Three Ninjas was obviously for kids, Power Rangers, you know, WMAC Masters, Karate Fighters, which was a toy. They were all geared towards kids. I feel like karate is a, a safe way, even though we were all fighting each other on the playground, to be like, yeah, you guys can be violent, but a safe violence. This is also around the same era that uh, The Matrix came out. The Matrix was like one year later. It was 99. It's not technically karate because in the movie, the main character, The Matrix, of course, being a movie about a man who is stuck in a simulation, a fake world, and has to escape into the real world, which has been destroyed by robots. And in the movie, the main character at one point, who can download fighting styles, downloads every fighting style, and starts you know, tussling with another character, and he says, I know kung fu. But because it was the 90s, it's still karate. It's still karate! Also... Somebody who around this, around this time was, was gaining steam, but didn't really hit until the 2000s was Jet Li. I have him on this list, but that's more of like a, it's like an asterisk because he, he was gaining steam. Jet Li was seen as the second coming of Jackie Chan, but he never really hit the heights of Jackie Chan. I mean, he did have a movie where he um, performed with the you know late singer Aaliyah, but that was in the 2000s. So I'm going to scratch Jet Li from this, why I love in the 90s. But you know what was big in the 90s? And somebody who was actually trained by Bruce Lee was Chuck Norris. Now, in the 2000s, Chuck Norris, who is a, I don't know, he's hes basically like if uh, you chiseled a, a man out of stone, gave it a beard, and told it to go exist as a fighter, that's what Chuck Norris is. He blew up in the, in the mid-2000s, you know, because he, uh, he became like a meme. Like he was the first viral thing because they were like Chuck Norris facts where they'd say things like, Chuck Norris is so strong. He doesn't do push-ups. He pushes the earth down. Um, Chuck Norris doesn't read books. He stares at it to get information that he wants. Um, Chuck Norris is dope. Picks up his old poop because he takes ish from no one. You know, so on and so forth. But Chuck Norris was the star of a TV show that my family loved in the 90s called Walker, Texas Ranger. If you guys have a chance, please Look for clips of Walker, Texas Ranger online. Look for these three in particular. Walker, Texas Ranger fights a helicopter. Walker, Texas Ranger fights in an arena. And Walker, Texas Ranger fights a bear. Please look for those clips. I promise you you will not be disappointed. And you're like, oh, this is ironically so bad. It's good. No, 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 no. We don't do that here. These things are fantastic. Even as a kid, I was like, this is amazing. Then I saw it as an adult and I was like, I love this even more. Walker in a fight with a bear earns... (laughs) He earns the bear's respect. (laughs) The bear looks at Walker and it's like, all right, all right. I see what's up. Now the bear could murk Walker, but he doesn't. He just bows out and lets Walker leave because, as I said before, this bear, this animal, this ferocious beast is like, I met my match. (laughs) It's Walker, Texas Ranger. The helicopter fight is just as cool because it's just silly, but the bear fight is, that's the one right there. 
there was all these like niche celebrities in the 90s that were doing Kung Fu projects. Like I, even Shaq had one. Shaq had uh, a video game called Shaq Fu that came out in 94. Walker came out in 93, by the way. Uh, Shaq Fu came out in 94 and it's a terrible fighting game. It was supposed to be like Mortal Kombat, except with Shaq in it. And he was fighting all these random things. I think the story was like, some little boy comes to a gateway during a Lakers game or a, whatever team he played for and was like, hey, Shaq, I need your help. And Shaq was like, <laughs> I'm playing a game, but I don't really care about basketball. And he goes through this portal with this boy and he fights a mommy. It's a very weird game. It's also a very difficult game. Like my cousin had Shaq Fu. And you know, when your cousin has a video game, you can only play it every now and then when you go to his house. And then you always have to be player two because he's a brat. <clears throat> I got to work on my trauma. Anyway, so it wasn't that good, but it's just cool because the cover of the game had Shaq in a karate pose, which I don't think exists. I think Shaq just did it. And they, the guy was like, uh, should we tell him that's not a thing? And they were like, he makes more than all of us combined. No, let him do what he wants. I think that should be Shaq's motto for life. I'm going to do what I want. <laughs> no matter what happens, I'm Shaq. You know, hey, Shaq, what's going on? Do you want to just fuck? No, I don't follow orders. I'm Shaq. I do what I want. I move on. Thank you. Anyway, um. I also had Karate Masters on here, which is, if you're watching the YouTubes behind me, it was a toy series where you would take two action figures and put them on these, these basically poles with buttons on the end. So you'd stick them on the poles where there was a little protrusion and then you'd press the buttons and you'd face the two toys towards each other and they would kind of flail around until one of them just hit the other one accidentally and then knocked it off the post. Um, it was basically like, like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, like... Any of those kind of two like items facing each other, smashing things till one falls off type situation. That's all it was. These things were massive because you could buy the bases and then just buy a bunch of different karate fighters to put on these bases. And eventually, I think they also had a deal with Mortal Kombat also. But I know they were in WWF at the time because they had a tournament where like Jerry the King Lawler and this other woman, Sonny, were like battling each other. And it was a lot because... Jerry Lawler cheated by using gum to stick on the bottom of his toys so it stayed on the, the, the thing. Okay, we've gone way too far into Karate Masters. Also, of course, in the 90s, one of the movies that shaped me as a human being, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie came out in the 1990s. But this one came out in 1990, actually, I should say, instead of 1990s. It was, um, it was awesome. I mean, to see the turtles on the big screen after watching the cartoon in the 80s, um, even as small as I was, I wasn't really that old, was was. Incredible. And I would watch this movie, I would watch this VHS over and over. For those of you who don't know, a VHS was like, imagine if there was no Netflix and you had to go get a, a small rectangle and put it into another rectangle and then the screen pops up. I can't explain a VHS for life. How would you explain? You know what? Those of you who are listening, just at Mike A. Sims on Instagram, just you know, DM me how you would describe, or when I post this, Describe how you would describe a VHS because I'm really I'm struggling to describe to like when a younger generation is coming up, when Gen Z, not Gen Z, when whoever the next generation is comes up and we have to explain what VHSs are like, yeah, I could just show it to them or Google them. But if I'm in this kind of situation where I have to explain a VHS, I don't think I can. I have no idea what to do. So I'll just say it's oh, man, I can't, I can't even because I, I, there's nothing to compare it to. If this was the DVD era, I could say before there was, you know, DVDs, there was these big rectangles and you put them into a, a thicker, heavier, bulkier you know, machine that was like a DVD player. And people would be like, oh, OK, I understand. Also, why are you talking about VHS so much? But now in this new generation where both of those things are basically obsolete, they're going to be like, what do you mean? What's a DVD? And then I'm just back at square one. And then I just realized, why am I talking to this young child anyway? So Ninja Turtles was, uh, <laughs> for my money, the be all end all. 
But like I said before, my favorite video game was Mortal Kombat 2. But if you, you see all these examples that I just gave you, and these things, like I said before, these were not just fly by night. These were not just like, oh, flash in the pan. Like a lot of these are still going on to this day. Like Ninja Turtles is still coming up with new episodes with new, it's called again, seasons and everything like that. So is Power Rangers. Mortal Kombat, I think the 30th anniversary is this year, 2023, as I'm recording this podcast. Steve Urkel, of course, isn't a thing anymore because I, I, I don't think cultural appropriation was, was all that good. Um, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker have been trying to put together Rush Hour 4. Walker, Texas Ranger even got an update with a, a younger actor, of course, but that's still around. Jet Li still makes movies. The Matrix just released Matrix Resurrections in 2020 or 2021, I believe. So all these Kung Fu-based properties are still hot. It's just, it's just shifted. And also, mixed martial arts itself became a thing because you had people like Jean-Claude Van Damme, Steven Seagal for a while. These are different actors who also practice martial arts. So they went from karate to all different forms. And I mean, then you had like Ang Bak, the Thai warrior, who was uh, uh, which was a movie that became a cult classic in the 2000s that was based on a different form of martial arts. And it, it just, the whole concept of being in love with the art form of martial arts, I can say for my generation stemmed from how much it was inundated in the 90s with just so much content and toys and games and everything. I'm going to put a button on this episode by saying, why did I like karate? Because it's karate and violence. No, because it's, it's awesome. It's beautiful. It's hard hitting. It looks doable. It's very impossible. Oh, side note real quick. Quick story before I, I wrap this all up. My brother and I decided to join um, a karate studio. At the time, it was called Tiger Shulman's. And we wanted to join this because we had just seen Three Ninjas kick back. So we go there. You know, they're telling us all the stuff like, you know, you can do, you can get this, this gi, which is what they call a karate outfit. You can get this belt to start off with. And we actually even do this thing where we do a pose and we run and we jump over a rope and our parents are watching and everything. And then, you know, we met with the sensei and then we never went back. And I mean, we kind of, we didn't really care to go back, to be honest with you. But years later, we asked our parents, who was like, whatever happened to, like, why didn't we join karate? My mother was like, you don't know whatever happened to that studio? I was like, no, I don't remember. I was a kid. She was like, it was, he was scamming everyone. <laughs> it was fraud. Like, I didn't know karate. <laughs> the dude didn't know karate. It was like, man. Man, at least we had Walker, Texas Ranger to teach us. All right, so that's going to do it. Of course, check out the show on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, anywhere podcasts are found. Please follow me at Mike A. Sims on TikTok and Instagram. Follow People's Media at People's Media Network, I believe it is right now. Thank you so much for tuning back in. We're getting back to our regular schedule of programming. Sorry we have been without you, but we have missed you and we love you. I have been the nefarious Mike A. Sims. You have been fantastic. And I will see you on the flip side of humanity. <laughs>